Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Now back to Damon and Ratto on 95.7 The Game. If you're thinking of selling your house but don't want to deal with repairs, cleaning, realtors, photos, or showings, well, with JohnBuysBarriaHouses.com, you don't have to do any repairs or pay any commissions. Visit JohnBuysBarriaHouses.com. It is good to be with you here as we move into our 4 o'clock hour. Damon and Ratto this afternoon. The Warriors have already won this afternoon, the traditional Martin Luther King Day memorial, or the uh, the, the 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 matinee tip off, if you will, which is common around the NBA. Warriors already put one to bed, and they got into the win column, which is awfully uh, good for them on the road. They for it's the first time they've won a game back to back. Uh, on in, in the second half of a back-to-back that they played on the road this year. They have yet to actually sweep a back-to-back this year. But, you know, baby steps, Ray. Baby steps. The fact that they just held a team under 120 is a victory enough. Freaking remarkable. We'll get into some details of the game a little bit later. Warriors road trip actually has them at the White House tomorrow. And then they are in Boston on Thursday, and then on Friday, they are in Cleveland. So those are two difficult games coming up for the Warriors. There is a difficult game certainly coming up for the 49ers next. It's going to be the winner of tonight's. Should be a difficult game because neither team is coming in red hot. Neither team is red cold. Uh, Tampa and Dallas could go either way. It absolutely could go either way. Uh, It's a coin flip straight up in my mind. I I don't know how to handicap this one. I don't know whether to lean on anyone having a distinct or specific advantage in this game tonight. So uh, there's no surprises coming out of Tampa tonight as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, the... The way the weekend's games went, I think the only thing we can expect is that whatever happens, it will be pretty run-of-the-mill. Because four of the five games so far have ended up a pie fight in one way or another. And I think this is one where you you want the pie fight. You want to get entertained, and that's when the NFL refuses to entertain you. Yeah, give me a, well, yeah, give me a fourth quarter. Give me a compelling fourth quarter tonight. I wouldn't mind that at all. Not much compelling down at Levi Stadium in that fourth quarter. The 49ers, their offense was locked in for four quarters. Their defense got locked in in the second half. And then apparently, according to the guys themselves, everyone started you know playing the it ain't business, it's personal, after the yanking of Debo Samuel's leg. He gets tackled on the field and... As players are getting up from the pile, yanking on Debo Samuel's leg occurs. He was not happy about it. Kyle Shanahan was not happy about it. George Kittle was not happy about it. Nick Bosa said we weren't happy about it. The offense helped flip it. I think they're doing a little dirty stuff to our offensive guys, and I would not piss off the dudes on offense, especially Debo, because he'll make you pay. I would not piss those dudes off. Yeah, I mean, across the entire 49ers roster, that feels like a, a pretty good way to go about business. Uh, were the Seahawks on the edge of the rule book there, specifically, intentionally, under coach command? Maybe so. I don't know. No, that was, that was improvised. If maybe. It was, it was, 
it was being cute. You see that in basically every other game. But when you do it as the underdog, all you're doing is telling the team that's better than you, oh, okay, we're going to play that way. The team that's better is the one that can get away with stuff like that. The team that's worse usually has to pay for that later. Well, and just with all the injury histories, with Debo nursing, you know, ankles, knees, and hamstrings, no one wanted anything to happen. Uh, when asked why he was laying there, he said he was laying on that ground, not because he was hurt, but to cool off. I stayed down a little because um, I almost lost my temper. And you can see um, the definition of our team of IGYB, I got your back. And then um, second half, they scored at the end of the fourth quarter, like, no, you can have it. But at the end of the day, I felt like that turned our team up a notch. And as you can see, we just went out there and made plays. The one guy who is probably the worst on the 49ers sideline at masking his emotions in a game is the head coach himself. Kyle Shanahan, he was pissed. You could see the spit coming in between his teeth as he was yelling at someone about what he had seen. He's got a feel for it. It definitely makes oh, no, me nervous me. on some of it. I, I pushed the wrong button. Here is Kyle on how angry he was watching Debo get yanked on. I was worried that he was hurt on it. I lost my mind a little bit on that, but yeah, I was real concerned that he was hurt on it. You know, I didn't like how that looked. I thought it looked pretty bad and the intent of the play. So I think that pissed a lot of people off. I think it pissed our team off and I think you can kind of feel our team react to that after. I wish we were like that from the first play always, but sometimes when some stuff motivates the guys, I think oh, it was cool to see us rally together and I know Debo was bothered and it was cool he came back and, and answered. I mean, everyone's fired up to play postseason football. Everyone's fired up. The whole league is fired up this weekend. You could just see it in the way guys ran and hit and played all over the place. But the 49ers, they did. They, they, they got to scratch that. This just got personal. And for a team that when they get rolling, they, they're really hard to stop. I, I get, Ray, what I guess I'm trying to say basically is that without any injury or outcome, I hope somebody pulls on Debo's leg next week too. You don't want to take that chance. Because with his history... If somebody wanted to actually do it and finish the job that Ramsey didn't finish, you might lose him. So, yeah, you don't want that. Speaking of guys with legs, though, that you want them to keep and keep using, Debo talked about how Brock Purdy is able to just extend those plays. It's great to see, you know what I'm saying, the things he do back there when you think he's sack and his little slitheriness of getting out of stuff. <laughs> it kind of it kind of makes us a little tired because we got to run around to try to get open, but uh, it works. So, I mean, as long as Brock doing his thing, you know, we're going to ride with him. Slitheriness. That's a good way to say it, Ray. I mean, he, this, this kid takes what is at best a three or four Mississippi league and turns it into six Mississippi, seven Mississippi, eight Mississippi, nine Mississippi. He is stopping to reload on some of these throws. He's going to get, he, he is he is one bad intentioned defensive end away from maybe not playing again. So he needs to find a middle ground there a little bit, a little bit, but boy, the, he had the, the play to Brandon Ayuk that didn't turn into a touchdown in the corner of the end zone. Do you, Ray, do you realize that that play actually took three and a half days to run? I mean, it took forever to run that play because he was out there. That was a 15, 12, 15 second NFL long play. You don't get that in the NFL. Nowhere. Nowhere. This kid has got, I don't know, again, if I knew what it was, it, it was I'd bottle it and I'd sell it. I don't know what it is, but I'm telling you, I, I know it when I see it. And this isn't one of those Joey Bart hear it off the bat moments. I mean, if you aren't coming around on Brock Purdy a little bit, yourself even, Ray, I, 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 don't, know, I don't know what it is you could possibly be looking for other than, you know, he has, the only thing you can hold against him is he hasn't done it over the duration of a 10-year-long career yet. I'm not holding anything against him. The only thing I'm saying is he has advantages that most quarterbacks don't have. Who cares? I'm so did Jimmy Garoppolo. He did very little with it. So did Nick no, Mullins. No, he didn't so do did very it. little with it. That simply falls. Well, he he took a team to a Super Bowl and took another one to a conference final in three years. That's not very little. Well, well, it was a little enough to where even with that level of success, they moved heaven and earth in an attempt to replace him. And so then brought, the and single then biggest evaluator of the position was so thoroughly out of love with whatever Jimmy provided that he was willing to move on. And yet, 
when he had a chance to move on by just releasing him, he re-signed him. So he's not, you know, he didn't hate him that much. Well, they didn't just straight up release him because they were trying to get something back in a trade. Well, yeah, okay. But if you hated him that much, you'd have just given him a cardboard box and taken him to the street. No, the, Purdy has done well. I mean, I'm not enraptured with it, but I don't have to be. All I know is he's been given a golden opportunity and he has not squandered it in any way. But you're right. He does like to hold the ball a little longer than he should. And he'll get religion sooner or later at some point. His average depth of target on Saturday was 12 and a half yards. That's the highest of any starting quarterback for the 49ers in a single game since Jimmy Garoppolo back in 2017 against Houston, where his average depth of target was 13.3. That was just Jimmy's second start. He is he he makes his debut throwing a garbage time touchdown pass against Seattle. Then he gets a start in Chicago at Chicago, wins, gets a start in Houston, and wins. As a matter of fact, he won all five of those first starts with the 49ers. Brock Purdy has done so much so soon under real pressure that Jimmy wasn't under at all really at the end there of the 2017 season it's just it's it's an incredible story beyond it being an incredible story and fun to tell around the campfire like if if you told me Brock Purdy was drafted somewhere in the first three rounds and it didn't have this amazing or again the incredible thing about Brock Purdy was the origin story now that we're kind of over that, and he's only being evaluated on, well, what are you actually doing in these games? He just threw one of down the down one of the all-time how you like dem apples playoff games in 49ers history. History. He was outstanding. Few balls fluttered early. Maybe a little nervous, maybe a little wet that afternoon on the football, had a few balls sailing and had a couple of those not falling just mercifully to the ground. Sure, the whole day could have been much different. And if ifs were fifths, we'd all be drunk. I mean, Brock Purdy, when it mattered, was awesome. He was awesome. And he his day, which is measurably only defined as awesome could have been even better if Ayuk holds on to that just right in his hands in the corner of the end zone. He was officially out of real estate. There was, he didn't have any room to change his mind. He was so along the sideline and in the corner of that end zone. But Brock Purdy, had he completed that play, that's one of the all-time postseason plays in the history of a franchise that is basically known for its all-time postseason plays. Okay. I mean, I don't really have a response. I mean, it just, yeah, if he makes the catch, it's something you remember. It's also the wild card, and these guys are playing for much more. That's the kind of catch that gets remembered, A, if it gets made, and B, if it gets made, like in a conference final. But it would have been a hell of a catch, no question. 888-957-9570, Gene in Oakland. What do you got, Gene? Hey, fellas. So, uh, Ray, you know, I've been following you for many years now. I Sorry. totally respect you. I love what you have to say and all. But I, I just get a bit annoyed with, you know, people underplaying the, the importance of the quarterback position for the Niners. Um, you know, Brock Purdy has been, as you say, uh, Damon, been nothing short of amazing so far. And all you have to do is look at all the other quarterbacks that have played with this team under Shanahan. I mean, you got, you know, Bethard and Mullins and Hoyer, who won about 25% of their games. And you got, uh, you know, Jimmy G, who's won, won about 72 or 3%. Even the golden boy, Trey Lance, you know, won four out of, you know, uh, he's 50-50, won four and lost four. So, you know, Jimmy's won over 70%, and this kid has won 100%. Uh, they're doing an amazing job, and they're doing an important job. So, you know, let's let's give them credit. Let's give them their due. Uh, this kid, 
you know, frankly, he's starting to remind me of, of Joe Montana, just like, uh, you know, he was reminding uh, Pete Carroll of, of Fran Tarkenton, another great Hall of Fame quarterback. I, I wouldn't be surprised if this kid goes on to have a great career. So, well, here, anyway. here's, here's one thing I do know right now. I mean, I don't need any. He is your starting quarterback next year. Yeah, Trey Lance is not going to be competing with him for the job. Trey Lance is, is going to be starting postseason, or I should say preseason games next year because you don't have your regular season starting quarterback starting preseason football games anymore. Brock Purdy's not starting preseason football games for the 40. He is the quarterback. This is his team now. Saturday, he cemented himself in that. It's done. It's done. And, you know, for the guy in the text line saying... Boy, you talk a lot out of your mouth about Jimmy. Look, I shouldn't have said Jimmy did nothing. but Because he, he did do things. But as he was doing those things, completely healthy, they were trying to move on from him as fast as humanly possible. So forget about what I thought of Jimmy Garoppolo. The head coach and general manager of the 49ers who knows more about his quarterback than anyone else on the planet had seen enough. We can't wait to see more of Brock Purdy. There's no level of we've seen enough here. There's something going on, and he's making plays that Jimmy didn't make. Full stop. Full stop. This kid needs a wheelbarrow. His nuts are so big. First of all, you. Secondly, you always talk out of your mouth because that's the orifice that you're supposed to use. Where words come from, yes. Yeah, so maybe the text guy wants to rethink that analogy. Was there another point to make, or did you no, just want to say the it. words come out of mouths? Well, I mean, uh, what do you want me to uh, do? You want me to just say yes, you're right? Is that? I mean, well, it, he's played. It would be a first. He's played. No, it wouldn't be a first. <laughs> he's played very well. I have not. I have not said that he hasn't. Right. The only you, thing. I, the only you, thing. It feels so begrudging to hear you even say yes. He's played well. You're such an anti-homer. You're an awayer. No, I wasn't rooting for if Seattle. Brock Purdy, if Brock Purdy played for any other NFL team, he'd be all you want to talk about. But because Absolutely he's a niner, not. you don't want to talk about him. No, he's got the best gig in America. He's playing on a team that doesn't need him to be spectacular. That's the only point I've made throughout his entire tenure. I'm okay with that. Right, but look at what it is the hell you got if he does play spectacularly. You got a team that's probably right now the chalk to win the Super Bowl. I'm not sure that that's true. I get to get two teams right now that I think are probably better than them. Well, the NFC's chalk. I'm not sure that Philadelphia is not better. If Brock Purdy played for Philadelphia, you'd be talking about him all week. I wouldn't. Have you heard me ramble on about Jalen Hurts? And he's had a hell of a year. He says he might be an MVP. He might be. Have you heard me go on and on about him? No, because we haven't had a chance to really bring it up. No, we could bring it up anytime we want. This well, is I guess my point is That's why you we're talking about Brock Purdy today. So if you had things to say about Brock Purdy today, and that'd be great. I, I have said those things. You're going to keep saying them until 6 o'clock. I think we could find other things. You'd not, be surprised. Not, not really. I mean, today's a day to focus on what the hell this guy just did. The 10th playoff game in the Super Bowl era with 330-plus passing yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions. He was unbelievable. And he's buying minutes in plays that wouldn't exist for any other quarterback. I don't know if Trey, look at it this way. Trey Lance was built to be a little bit of a runner. He's never going to be as fast as Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy's got scoots. And he's smart enough to realize, I'm not going to run, you know, quarterback power with this. I'm just going to buy time. He's got a feel of that pocket that guys who are picked dead last in the NFL are not supposed to have. He is just wildly wildly comfortable in a league that forces guys to be uncomfortable. He's almost too comfortable in that he does play with a ball in the cup pocket longer than he should. And once he faces a team that can pressure him, he's going to have to make quicker decisions. And if he continues to make the ones that he's making, no question, they'll, they'll, they'll probably be a Super Bowl team. But, you know, the tests get increasingly difficult 
the further you go. That's all I'm saying. Anthony in San Francisco. What do you got, Anthony? Hello, hello, hello. Thank you for taking my call. All I want to ask is, Rado, what will make you smile, my friend? 557. is all smiles right now. 557 makes me smile. Excuse me? 557, quitting time. Always good. <laughs> Understood, but we are playing. We're making more first downs per throw. Um, the offense is humming. This is what the Empire's been waiting for, to be dominant in offense, because in defense, we've, we've been there. That's what's always gotten us to where we needed to be, or almost. Like now it feels closer because we have a dominant you got an offense that's certainly along for the ride that isn't just watching its defense pull it into and as deep as it can into a postseason. Something is happening here offensively. Christian McCaffrey is, uh, I mean, forget about, he's one of the best football players I've ever seen. I mean, that's where we're kind of going with Christian McCaffrey. He's one of the best football players I've ever seen play football anywhere at all times on either side of the ball, regardless of, you know, race, regardless of position. He is incredible. He's incredible. That guy, the, the very first offensive, well, no, what they hear, what was really incredible, I mean, d- d- completely incredible, was that. I want to make sure I got this right here. Brock, yeah. So you're telling me that you're not going to have Christian McCaffrey touch the football once on the opening drive of a playoff game? Because he didn't. That did seem odd. Yeah. And, and Purdy looked out of sync early. He didn't look nervous. He looked a little out of sync. But Kyle came out throwing a pass-first offense, and it was really weird that McCaffrey did not touch the ball until the very first play of the second series when he did this. 49ers back on offense. Here comes Christian McCaffrey, a gaping hole. McCaffrey gallops free into Seahawks territory. Cuts it back inside the 20. Key block from Trent Williams brings him for a 66-yard run. It, I mean, it was interesting that the first two runs were Debo Samuel. And I, I think the first one was actually a brilliant call because nobody was expecting that. That's why he broke it for 20-plus. The second one, I don't know. I mean, I'm not one to sit there and, you know, dissect play calls. But I was waiting for McCaffrey to get the ball. In fact, I thought instead of the the pass to Jennings, they might have wanted to give give McCaffrey a turn to see what Seattle would do with it. And then the next series, they found out that McCaffrey wasn't going to be tackled again. What a day he had. Christian McCaffrey, 15 carries, 119 yards, two catches for 17 yards, and a touchdown. He is, uh, he's, he's, he's just got moves on moves. This is Larry in San Francisco. What do you got, Larry? Hey, uh, Damon, man, I just want to say, you know, Brock Purdy is everything that we thought Trey Lance could be. And everybody kept talking about how accurate he is and how good he is at scrambling and playing. But to be honest, when you pick a quarterback based on his upside instead of talent, this is what you get, man. You know, I mean, Brock Purdy showed you quarterbacks are quarterbacks. Well, Thanks a lot, guys. Thank you. Next time, turn left or right before you call. That was a very loud turn signal that you had going on there. Maybe it was a bomb. It, it, was a t- it sounded like a ticking clock. But there, there is a difference between I look like I might be a really good football player someday and I've played a really, you know, I've played an awful lot of high leverage football. Experience can't be faked. And Brock Purdy's experience is the difference between whatever physical difference that he and Trey Lance have. Brock Purdy's football IQ is more important to run this offense than any physical measurable advantage Trey Lance could ever give them. And that's why Trey Lance as a Trey Lance is more of a concept now than a reality as the 49ers starting quarterback. It's going to take Brock Purdy being hurt or injured for that to happen. This being the 49ers, there's an excellent chance of that. I mean, it's, you know, just wait till next year because this year is a year you wouldn't want to see undone by something other than the best foot forward because 
There's something going on here. It's official. Peter King is going to be on by at 5 o'clock today, live at 5 to talk about it all on the Bud Light guest line. Bud Light, easy to drink, easy to enjoy. And we're also brought to you by CalHope.org. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day oh and you want the proof well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Now back to Damon and Ratto on 95.7 The Game. It is a Monster Monday brought to you by Zenny, the official eyewear of the San Francisco 49ers. Shop from over 3,000 styles at 80% off retail prices exclusively at Zenny.com. Damon and Ratto with you here in a half an hour. Peter King joins us. We're looking forward to not only recapping 49ers Seahawks with him, trying to guess what might, who might come out of Monday Night Football tonight, which is about to get underway. And, uh, I mean, it's it's... It's an interesting Monday night football game because, you know, obviously the winner is going to come here. But it's also interesting because anyone who wants to say like, oh, yeah, the Dallas Cowboys are just going to steamroll Tampa tonight. Or Tampa's just going to, you know, because Tom Brady, they're just going to see. I have no idea what's going to happen in this football game. I thought I knew what might happen in all the other games. And what I thought might happen did happen in just about all the other games. Uh, They played out a little bit more dramatically in some cases. But everything I thought might happen kind of happened. I did. I no. I. I have no idea. I. I would be. I would not be betting on tonight's game in any way, shape, or form. This could go either way. You had the Giants. Yeah. I mean, I thought the Giants were going to win that game. I thought. I mean, I thought that they had a very good chance to win. That. How about this? I've been saying that the Vikings were fraudulent all year long. I mean, when you win an awful lot of close games, yeah, that's impressive. But it also means every single game you're in is a haircut. I mean, that's it, it's it's it, it's way too close every single week. If you were that good, you'd blow some of these teams out. You'd take a few of these teams to the woodshed if you're that good. I mean, they didn't have a single outstanding after the 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 only glorious moment of the entire Vikings regular season was the massive comeback over the Indianapolis Colts, who are the biggest bumbling, stumbling group of football players in America this year. Yeah, I I could I couldn't I could never get a read on what the what the Giants were or weren't. That's why I guess I was a little surprised. Um, 
you know, the, on the one hand, you know, they could blow out a team like the Colts. And then on, on the other, they, they struggle, you know, they struggle with uh, the Cowboys playing as bad as they could. And then barely beating the Jaguars while the Jaguars were terrible. I mean, they were just, they were such a mixed bag that I had no concept of what they could or couldn't be. And even at that, if Kirk Cousins doesn't grab his own throat on that fourth and eight, you know, we might be talking a whole different way. What the hell was that, man? I mean, I, fourth I, in your entire year and you're dumping down like that? Yeah, it's He wanted the completion, which that's the most maddening thing that quarterbacks do. When they when they can't te- remember how far downfield you have to throw the ball, you got to go to the sticks when it's your entire year on the line. Somebody, by the way, from the six five zero says, you know, I I love what Brock Purdy's doing, but just to stir the pot, what do you think Kirk Cousins would look like in this offense right now? Well, a lot of NFL quarterbacks would look good in this offense right now, theoretically, because there's so much talent on the offensive side of the ball, but. Kirk Cousins has won one playoff game in his entire career and remains at one playoff win. Brock Purdy's already there in his very first ever playoff game. I mean, you can talk about how Brock Purdy's lucky to be here. Maybe there's an element of they're lucky to have Brock Purdy that we need to start considering. Oh, they're very lucky to have Brock because there's no reason why, you know, you would just say, well, we'll wait till the last pick of the draft and then we'll find gold. You're filling out your roster at that point. So, they're, hell yes, they're lucky. There's no question about that. Well, lucky that he has turned into who he is, but also lucky because as much as we keep on insisting anyone else could come in here and do it, nobody else has came in here to do it other than Jimmy Garoppolo while Kyle Shanahan's been the coach with any degree of sustained success. You know, a couple of games out of Nick Mullins or C.J. Beathard, they looked good for a little bit there, but then the bloom would come off that rose quickly. No bloom has come off of Brock Purdy's rose to the point where it really is, if you had, like, a, a you know, an actual complaint about what Brock Purdy hasn't done, it would be three or four throws over the course of six games now. I mean, it, that's it. That's it. So, I uh, you know m- maybe Brock Purdy goes on to become a significant NFL entity that we'll be talking about for years. Who knows? Who knows? This league changes quickly. We do know that every single time we look at it, there's evidence that things change quickly. But he seems to be in a perfect place, and what makes him perfect for the place that he is is no preconceived bad habits, no preconceived notions about the way things are supposed to happen, because when I was somewhere else and things were rolling, that's the way it was supposed to be. You know, to get back to Jimmy, you know, somebody's making the argument that Jimmy never had nearly this much talent around him. Well, that's not true. He had an awful lot of talent around him, and he had a level of experience that Brock Purdy couldn't even dream about. When he played his first game in Kyle's system, right from the jump, this is the only world that Brock knows. And maybe that will serve him very, very well because he is a yes coach, what do you need me to do kind of guy. And that's exactly the kind of guy Kyle Shanahan's looking for. And I think because he's that guy, Kyle is a little bit more, I think, He's a little bit more likely to take the shot because he knows he's got a quarterback who is wired to be a little more likely to take the shot. Again, average depth of target yesterday, 12 and a half yards. The last time that that happened for any starting 49ers quarterback was Jimmy's second start ever back in 2017. I feel like Jimmy had like maybe the Kyle Yips coached into him in some way. Brock Purdy looks yipless to this point. He seems to be the, all right, you know, you're in charge of the game right up until it starts, Kyle. But as soon as it gets going, this is my game. And I am going to roll out. I'm going to leave the back door, the side door, the front door of the pocket to look to make something happen every time I deem it so. And I think that's a level of scrapple that Kyle likes about him. This kid... Kid is 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 unafraid, absolutely unafraid. That to me is the blinking neon sign above Brock Purdy's head. 
He's unafraid. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't played long enough to know the fear yet because so far he hasn't really taken a frightful hit or a series of them in a game. And it's, I don't want to say it's easy because this is not an easy job, but when you're playing on a team that doesn't require you to do extraordinary things and, in fact, has somebody standing behind you to do those extraordinary things, you're going to be freer and easier about it. So, yeah, I, I get it. He's yipless. I like that word. There you go. You should, you should run with that. I, I, I will. You know, you either got the yips or you don't. Yeah, you keep talking. I'm going to make you yipless. You could tell that to your kids. Somebody is watching us on YouTube and says, Ray keeps looking to his left. What's he looking at? We got TVs on the wall. So we got a, we, 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 we got a little Memphis and Phoenix. We got uh, Monday Night Footballs in preview mode. We got we got Joe Buck's wife interviewing whoever that. Uh, I guess that's Dak Prescott. Is that? Uh, I don't know if that's Joe Buck's wife. It isn't absolutely. Is it? Joe is that uh, what's her name? It is Mo- Michelle Beisner Buck. Michelle Beisner Buck. Yes. Is it Beisner? I think it well, is. I'll Beesner. take your word for it. I think it is Beisner. And I also don't care that much. I've so. also never mispronounced the name on the air. Do you know that? Yes, I do know that. <laughs> Literally since, what, 423? Yeah, yeah. This whole segment has been a pronunciation sensation. But I, I've actually, I've met her. She's really, really nice. Really, really nice. I, I bumped into her at Dodger Stadium walking around the press box because obviously Joe was doing the game. It was a postseason game. And uh, we talked for like like 20 minutes. Like she was really super duper friendly. She had one of the kids with her. So we were talking about the kid. And uh, very nice. I didn't know that she was back doing any broadcasting. I didn't. It's the first time I've seen her in a while. But then again, I don't spend a lot of time worrying about who's talking to me. No. Because very often I have the mute on anyway. Right. And I don't do a lot of pre or post anymore these days. I am in and out of game time. Anyway. The only, po- the only pre or post I, I really do is inside the NBA. Yeah, that's that's one you stick around for. That's about it. The Yard Doctor in Napa. Hello, Yard Doctor. Hi, Damon. Yeah, I'm kind of with you, and I'm kind of with Ray on this thing about Purdy. For me, um, I'd like to see somebody add up the yards after catch on his touchdown passes because I think that more than half of those yards are yards after catch. And But then on the other hand... Uh, Ray, look, this guy runs the first 10 yards of his 40-yard dash. He runs it in 1.55 seconds. He reminds me of Joe Montana, the pocket presence. He's got that knack, those eyes in the back of his head that he just makes the right decision. And then, like this last game, he did that reverse pivot and he put that linebacker on his knees. It was beautiful. So, you know... Hey, I'm I'm a big fan of Brock, and I and then I, like I was telling my son while we were watching the game, I said, you know who's lucky? We're lucky. Niner fans are lucky. How would you like to be in Houston? How would you like to be a Viking fan? We we're in Fat City here. We got the best team. It's a pretty good team. There's no doubt. There's, there's. I mean, here's the thing. Would you like to still be alive in the playoffs, yes or no? The answer is a universal yes. Those other teams aren't right now, so you don't want to be in those cities. Well, Houston's not alive at all. Houston is not, yeah. I, I don't know why Houston even came up right now. But well, he brought it up. Right. The, the whole point is... The yards after catch thing, I just want to say this. Irrelevant. It, I mean, it just, it's that, that's always used as some sort of, you know, well, that was the receiver, not the quarterback. Well, you could throw a guy open so that he's got room to move. It's a shared statistic. So I'm, you know, when somebody wants to say, well, look at the yards after catch the 49ers have. Well, the ball had to be delivered in such a way that the receiver could create those yards after the catch. So Brock Purdy had three that. touchdown passes, two were. One was behind the line of scrimmage, one basically at the line of scrimmage. The other was an eight-yard throw with a 66-yard sprint at a Debo. Now, the real key to that play popping, George Kittle throwing a great downfield block. So did Brandon Ayuk, and Debo said that Ayuk threw the perfect block 
for him to take that ball to the house. I seen Brandon once I came around and I seen the safety up top. I wanted him to think I was going to go that way when I know Brandon's going to seal the sideline for me and he did a great job and I just ran off his block. So that guy, he just, he's he's Brock, or not Brock Purdy, pardon me, but Debo Samuel is a glorious open field runner. Like if he's got a little space around him, he moves. He's moving in like three different directions at once. You have no idea what, where where he's about to go. He's special, man. He's special. Christian McCaffrey, more of a straight line guy than just an open field going anywhere guy. But he can he can do anything he wants. Brandon Ayuk is really the unsung hero of this entire season. I mean, Brandon Ayuk is the guy giving you chunk play after chunk play after wide open after target Purdy likes throwing the ball to all game long all week long and he is the one constant because Kittle have been in and out Purdy or uh, Debo's been in and out of Purdy's lineup Brandon Ayuk is always there man and there's a little something between the two right now he just sees the field well there's no denying it Brock Purdy sees the field well. He sees his first target, his second target, his third target. He knows where his check down is. I mean, he said that that touchdown pass to Elijah Mitchell, he didn't even really see him. He just knew where he was supposed to be, felt him, and pretty much just let the ball go. I mean, something's going on here. That's all I can tell you. Something's going on with the 49ers. It isn't just a... Well, if they're going far, their defense is going to have to take them there. Well, so there's never been a, a football s- season that didn't end with a defense that was playing well. That's how you get to a championship scenario. You can't have, there aren't a lot of bad defenses in the playoffs or in the Super Bowl. So the whole defense wins championships, it's a nice, easy cliche, and it was certainly applying to the 49ers. You know what also is going to help you win championships? Defense and an offense that can get you 500 yards. Yeah, that'll help. Yeah, how do you argue with 500 yards of offense? 64 plays, 24 first downs, 41 points, Average nearly eight yards per play, 181 rushing yards, zero turnovers, winning the time of possession. I mean, if we had to put together the shopping list that <laughs> that Kyle Shanahan takes with him to the, to the farmer's market, that's it. That's his how I won today shopping list. You had Christian McCaffrey having a massive day. Debo, huge day. Charles Omenahue with his first two-sack game of his career. Nice time to come up with that, Charles. Great time to come up with that. Huge force fumble. He had himself a good day. He had himself a podium game. You know, those type of plays in the playoffs, when you miss that, uh, it can weigh on you. Definitely was on my mind, but at the end of the day, you got to keep moving on. It's, it's a win-or-go-home kind of mentality, and I mean, stats don't matter. It's all about the only step that matters is if you get a win or a loss at the end of the day. So I had to recenter my mind. My coach, teammates, told me another opportunity is going to come, and uh, thank God it did. It certainly did. He had just let Geno slip out of his fingers, and then a play later, he's causing the biggest fumble he'll probably ever cause in his entire life, unless he wants to keep on doing this as the 49ers continue to advance through the playoffs. You know who you never really talk about after a playoff game, unless he missed uh, a field goal, is the kicker? Robbie Gold had a great playoff game. Robbie Gold. Robbie Gold connects on field goals of 31, 33, 34, and 46 yards. He connected on all four of his points after touchdown. He remains a perfect 25 of 25 on field goals and 38 on 38 on points after touchdowns. In his postseason career now, his four field goals are the most since Ray Wershing in the postseason, since Ray Wershing Ray had four field goals against the Bengals in Super Bowl 16. He had a hell of a year. To be honest with you, Robbie I mean, Gold. Yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, he, he's he's seventy two years old, and he's still twenty seven for thirty two every year. And he, to the best of my knowledge, he's never missed a big kick. Now maybe it's because Kyle Shanahan does not ask them to kick field goals a lot. In fact, they're usually near the bottom of the list in terms of field goals attempted. As opposed to when Jim Harbaugh was the coach, when they were always at the top by a wide margin. So he's never put in difficult situations. But I don't remember him 
in a situation where he either had to tie or put the team ahead and didn't. Big field goals. <laughs> Big kicks. It's what Robbie Gold does. And there's all, I mean, here's the thing. They don't stretch him out. They don't put him in positions to miss field goals. They really don't. They don't ask him for the 55, 56, 58 yarder because he doesn't really have that. But he's got accuracy. And he had himself a very good game, very good year all the way around. Somebody says, Damon, are we fading the public tonight? Who's the public money on tonight? Well, the public money is usually always on the Dallas Cowboys. So I'm guessing the public is on the Cowboys. The Cowboys are two and a half point favorites. There you go. But I mean, you know, the, the thing is, Tampa's never been a public team, but Tom Brady gets no. Tom Brady makes makes them a public team, but the, the this line has not moved much since it opened at two and a half. I'll say this: the public put us on the Vikings minus three. I didn't want them, but we were given them, and now we're zero and one in the postseason after a fifty eight percent winning percentage in the regular season. Fade the public is over. After one attempt. The dream is dead. In the postseason. He missed one against the Raiders in regulation to win. Yeah, Robbie Gold did that. Kicked the winning field goal, as I recall. But then he did that in overtime as well, he did. So. Sorry, I had to take a little sip of water there. That's Um, okay. You're entitled to hydrate. Thank you. Only once, though. Look, we're not going to sit around talking about what Seattle did well. Nobody here wants to hear it. But, man, D.K. Metcalf, what a game he had, right? He was really good. D.K. Metcalf, 10 catches, 136 yards, and two touchdowns. Again, he he handed Chavarius Ward his lunch in a way that no receiver had handed Ward his lunch the entire year. Um, Diamador Lenore had a better game than Mooney Ward did. Who had that in the office pool? Nobody. As a matter of fact, we spent all week talking about how, well, you know, D'Amador Lenore is not a bad football player, but he's just a limping Tommy Gazelle, and any smart lion goes after the limping Tommy Gazelle. That's how you do it on the plains when you're hunting. And when you're in the playoffs, you're looking for whatever weak spot you can find or whatever weak point you can actually pretend exists on a defense that comes in number one. D'Amador Lenore got picked on. Right or wrong, he was the guy that got picked on. And then he has a pick of Geno Smith, which causes two turnovers on back-to-back possessions. And that's where the 49ers gained control of the game on Saturday. And Kyle Shanahan is sitting at 5-2 and two now in postseason play. He's reached the divisional round three times in the last four years. Pretty damn impressive. By the way, Ray, you were talking about it. You don't care. You know, where did we become obsessed with who's picking up the yards in these touchdown passes? Someone from the 510 said, you know, nobody took any yards away from Jerry Rice or Steve Young because the other guy was involved in that play. Like, nobody took yards away from Steve because Jerry was a catch and a blur. You're right. But what also happened back then was there wasn't an element of sports fandom sports coverage sports social media that Fantasy only leaks. yeah well no, no that that, uh, that also only existed to tell you why the good thing you just watched wasn't as good as you thought it was like that's an entire cottage industry in sports Man, that was an unbelievable 74-yard touchdown pass. Yeah, but the wide receiver did 66 yards of that work, so it really wasn't that great of a pass. All right. I mean, if that's how you sleep well at night, if that's, you know, if that's the type of person you are, that whenever anyone, whenever you spot somebody lighting the candles on a birthday cake, you feel it's up to you to run over and blow them out so they could be taught the lesson that you think they need to learn? Or explain the true value of the 74-yard touchdown pass. I think it's six points. I mean, that's that's how this ends up. Right. Yeah, it's it, it's you know, sort of, look look what I can do with it with my, my stop-start on my remote. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. If you like that, fine. Keep it to yourself. Oh, and by the way, there's no fading the public tonight. No? 51% of the money is on Tampa. So, how about I don't that? think you could really fade the public when the public is at 50-50. Yeah, no, there's really not a lot to be done there. 
Oh, this is this game's also going to be a Manning cast. Well, ESPN is throwing it all out. You'd think that they would want to just have a captive audience in only one place. There, I, I read an article today how if this sucker is a game in the fourth quarter, I mean, if this isn't like blowout city or there isn't a reason for the casual fan to turn it off because, look, Tom Brady brings an awful lot of fans to the yard to just put their eyeballs on him. There is no team in this league that assembles a bigger audience every time they play a football game than the Dallas Cowboys. If you got an NFL playoff game between Tom Brady, the Dallas Cowboys, that goes deep into the fourth quarter tonight, there's a very good chance, Ray, this could be the most amount of eyeballs in one evening that ESPN has ever had. But they can me, get their highest rating in the history of the network tonight. But let me assure you that they will add up ESPN and the Manning cast and put them as one number. So they'll find a way to make that. And they get, they get you know, added ad revenue with two, two channels. So they're, they're, they're going to make out like bandits either way. It's their only playoff game that they're going to get. Um, Somebody says, according to the Action Network, fifty-six percent of the money is on Tampa. Well, I don't, I don't. I'm looking at covers. That's the only thing I found. Yeah. So, Action Network's good. I don't know, but we, we don't know. It's okay. It, it doesn't matter. The point is, nobody has fallen in love with either team, and I don't think there's really a reason to. This game is a coin flip. It really feels like a coin flip. It could go either way, and how the you know, it, look at it this way: if it lands tails. It'll be 49ers versus tails. If it lands heads, it'll be 49ers versus heads. We'll see which team files out the application to be heads or tails. At the end of this one, we've got Peter King filling out the application every year as the sports preeminent journalist. And he joins us next here on Damon and Ratto to talk about everything we saw in the win over Seattle, everything we saw throughout the wild card weekend, and what we might see with the two matchups. We'll ask... Peter, to sort of consider the better opponent for the 49ers. I mean, maybe we won't because the answer is clearly Tampa Bay. That's the better opponent. You know, the one you've already skinned alive at home this season. That's who you'd want, obviously. If the 49ers had their druthers, it'll be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers here next weekend. If the NFL has its druthers, it's 49ers and Cowboys and the biggest game that you can basically offer in the NFC next weekend. That is what we're going to be talking about with Peter King, who's joining us next here on 95.7 The Game, courtesy of the Bud Light Guest Line. Meanwhile, Damon and Ratto were brought to you by Fremont Bank. Full-service banking, no compromises. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.